This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Sierra Doctor and Randy Conan. To start things off, we have Harvest Hotline brought to you by the North Dakota Mill, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and Amity Technology. Pioneer field agronomist Larry Lunder says corn harvest has been drug out for a long time with the snow just adding more frustration for farmers trying to get it done. Very slow and frustrating over the past, let's say, 10 days, even two weeks. You know, we've had we had the snowfall, of course, and we've had moisture since. Um, not only is the corn probably wetter in cases than they'd like it, we also have some not very good roads for getting trucks on to a lot of the fields. So just a lot of issues right now with trying to get the rest of the corn crop off. They're either taking a, some dockage for discounting for shrink at the elevator. Um, if they don't have air or a dryer, they're just, they either take the, the discount for shrink or they're, they're just waiting it out. Lunder is impressed with the crop that's out there. Very frustrating because everybody wants, wants to get done and, to be honest with you, there's a tremendous, tremendous dry land grain corn crop out there. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen one quite this good in, in my entire career, so uh, we really want to get it off ASAP if we can. We've had a lot of anywhere from 140 to about 180, which is extremely, extremely good on, on dry land, and I'm sure there's probably yields that have, have clocked up above that, but just some really really strong yields, uh, average yields across. Like I said, you don't see a lot of these yields in western North Dakota. GK Technologies agronomist Sarah Lovis says a second wave of fall field work has started for much of the area that she covers. Three, four days before that snow happened, my phone kind of went silent. It was pretty easy to tell that everyone was working really hard on just getting the harvest wrapped up and and try to take care of the work that they could do immediately right in front of them before the snow and the cold temperatures hit. Based on how quiet my phone got there for a couple of days, I kind of thought we were going to be finishing up for the year. But um, last week, late last week, my phone started ringing again. And, you know, looking forward, it looks like the temperatures look pretty favorable. And I'm not completely convinced that we've got frozen soils all over the place yet. And so um, I'm I'm kind of up to my eyeballs making soil fertility recommendations. Most of the soybean harvest is wrapped up, but there is still quite a bit of corn left. Lovis doesn't believe we're terribly behind on harvest progress. Most of the customers that I'm working with are throughout the entire state of North Dakota. So I have some clients that are out in northwest North Dakota, and I, I work with some people that are um, kind of out in like the Fergus Falls area too. So um, kind of throughout that whole area. So it really depends on where, where you're at. Um, a lot of corn as you go south yet to, to go. Um, I, it's weird because it, I don't think it's really that out of the ordinary for what a normal year would be, but it feels like we're kind of behind because of how fast harvest went last year. Um, and, of course, we had snow, so that always adds a little extra pressure, I think. Near Colfax, North Dakota, Jared Haverland says there are only a few days left of corn and harvest will be wrapped up. Things have gone pretty good. Uh, we're uh, on the home stretch here of corn. Uh, we got everything else off. The beans are off. The beets are out of the field. And uh, got about five, six days left of corn harvest. Got tillage going. And uh, 
you know, uh, coming into fall, we we didn't know how, what things were going to look like just because it was so dry. But uh, I don't know. Uh, everything looked very, very good, and uh, we're pretty happy. And weather delays have been minimal. There was a, a couple of those little snow events. Uh, it only held us off for, you know, a couple days, and we had to shuffle some corn around, some dry corn around. So we got some of that stuff done and uh, right back in it. So uh, after that last snow, that was kind of the toughest one to come back to because uh, oh, there was some snow hanging around underneath the the husks there in between the stock and the husk, and uh, we're having a little trouble in the sieve, but... Uh, we got that uh, issue uh, figured out after the warmer temperatures came, and uh, we've been going pretty good so far. The moisture situation has improved in Minnesota, according to the weekly crop progress report. Seventy percent of Minnesota's topsoil moisture is considered adequate to surplus. Eighty-six percent of the corn is in the bin. That's up from 75 percent last week. Soybean harvest is 97 percent complete, a three percent increase in the past week. Eighty-four percent of Minnesota's sunflower crop is harvested. North Dakota's corn harvest is inching forward. 67% of the crop was harvested, up 3% from last week. A year ago, nearly 90% of the corn was harvested. The sunflower harvest is at 48% complete, well behind last year's 79%. 50% of the pasture and range conditions are rated good to excellent. South Dakota had six days suitable for field work this past week. Weekly crop progress reports a 76% of the corn harvest is done. That's behind last year's 90%. Sunflower harvest is 52% complete, down from 81% a year ago. And that's Harvest Hotline brought to you by Amity Technology, the North Dakota Mill, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. The Agricultural Bankers Conference continues today in Oklahoma City. American Bankers Association Ag and Rural Bankers Committee Vice Chair Caleb Hopkins says interest rates are a hot topic. The cost of interest is going to become a bigger part of the balance sheet. A lot of uh, conversations we're having right now is, of course, interest rates have been running up um, for the last 18, 24 months now. You're going to be coming into a time, we're coming into renewal season for most producers. Um, You talk to a lot of producers um, that are in their upper 50s, 60s that have been producing. This is not uncharted water. We've been here before. This is more like normal. But you've got a group of producers, you know, that we've never experienced operating rates as high as they are today um, when they're upwards of over 9% interest when we were stuck in a time of 4 to 5% interest. So you look at a million-dollar operation, that interest expense is going to more than double. Hopkins says while some comments have been made comparing today's situation to the 1980s, there are a lot more tools in place to mitigate risk. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News here on the Red River Farm Network. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On is waiting for the corn market to make a move. Livestock, we had cut out values fall yesterday, and so now we're right back to, to kind of square one where we dropped like a rock and then found support for both live cattle and feeder cattle. So these are big, big, big areas that need to hold for both live cattle and feeder cattle. And we're, you know, slightly lower on the day, so we're going to see if we're able to, but you're at a big support line, you're at a standard deviation line for February live cattle. When you look out to January feeder cattle, kind of that same thing. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp said that livestock market just continues to slide. 
We've still got some downside here for the cattle market, and that, I think, fits, too, with what the speculators are doing, which is still largely ditching their bullish bets that had been built up for several months. There's a split remaining between a really strong front end. You've got the cash market holding up, as we still know that fed cattle supplies are really in tight supply, but at the same time, there's, cross our fingers, some hope that the herd starts to rebuild into the early part of next year, and that weighs on the futures market, along with some recent negativity over demand. Pfeiffer's auction in North Dakota set a new state record land sale in Pembina County. 320 acres of highly productive farmland in the Red River Valley sold for $17,500 per acre. Egg Vice Laboratory soil scientist John Brecker says fall soil testing is pretty much wrapped up for the year. The fall soil testing season for 2023 was a was a wild sprint. I say sprint, but actually it was a bit more of a marathon with wheat and canola coming off pretty well on time in August. Uh, we got a good start early on, busy September, and then a very busy October. And now with a little bit of snow that came at the end of October, kind of slowed down corn harvest and sunflower harvest a little bit. So as producers are going to continue to hammer away on those acres, crop consultants, agronomists, they can get out there and get those very last field sampled. But overall, I would say 90% of the soil sampling activities for the fall have probably already been completed. Brecker says the soil profile has on average a higher than average nitrate content. So we started the year with quite a bit of moisture that luckily all infiltrated in and then it got dry and the drought became a very large theme and because of that we've seen some higher amounts of residual nitrate after most of our nitrogen fertilized crops so wheat for example corn those are all trending higher than the long-term averages with the amount of residual nitrate left over soybeans you know not as much nitrate left over but that's to be expected because we don't typically fertilize soybeans with nitrogen, but over a third of cornfields that we've gotten in this fall have over 60 pounds of nitrogen. The CME Group and Purdue University Ag Economy Barometer showed an improvement in farmer sentiment of four points for the month of October. Future expectations saw the greatest increase of five points. Farmers were less concerned about the risk of lower prices for crops and livestock and felt somewhat better about their farm's financial situation than they did in September. Preparing equipment for winter storage is top of mind as farmers finish harvest and fall tillage. New Holland manager of product marketing Aaron Booth recommends creating a checklist, beginning with any repairs that need to be done. What... um isn't working quite right and, and may need to be repaired before the uh, you know next time that machine is going to be used. Um, you know, typically it's like okay, I made it through season and you know, I'll worry about that next year. Um, but this time of year is a you know a really good time to uh, you know, work with your local dealer and the, they're often running you know service specials, inspection deals. Um, you know, aimed at trying to keep their um, you know their mechanics service base. Uh, full through the winter. So it's a really good time to get that machine in. The checklist should then shift to the normal winterizing procedures, cleaning, fluid levels, antifreeze levels, servicing, and don't forget batteries. When it comes to the battery, which is a big thing when in the winter, it's a, a good idea to, um, if not take it out altogether, make sure you put some kind of uh, um, charger on it that, that uh, keeps it uh, fully charged. Um, where you'll have issues with batteries in the winter is 
when they start to drain and um, you know that's when you have uh, you know cold weather really impacting it so keeping it uh, keeping it at a full charge all winter um, will keep it uh, healthy um, and you know ready to go for you and you're ready to use it again this is the Red River Farm Network CHS lead manager of Barge Freight Merchandising, Ben Doan, says river systems are struggling to find workers to keep barges moving. Uh, just in the barge industry and the agricultural industry, but labor has been, you know, a really big challenge across the U.S. And the barge industry has not been immune to that. So crewing up the boats with deckhands and pilots has been a major challenge for barge lines. Uh, crewing up the local fleets that executes the barge activities locally up and down the river system has been a major headwind as well. Um, and that's really driven up cost, uh, port costs, and, and, then, and then the labor costs to, uh, to crew up the boats for the barge lines, which has obviously had an impact on the cost to operate and the variable cost for barge lines. Other operational challenges include ice and water levels. The industry's most vulnerable to this during the spring months when you're seeing significant snowpack runoff from the upper part of the Midwest into the river system. And especially if you couple that with the rain event or a couple weeks of significant rainfall and, and coupled with a major thought of snowpack, that can really flood the Mississippi River and its tributaries in a hurry. So that's something that can have a, a major impact on the supply chain as well. And then low water, and this is the one that's gotten the most attention the last two harvest seasons on the lower part of the Mississippi. We've seen record low water levels here. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis, December wheat, four and three quarters lower at 724, March down five and a quarter at 740 and a quarter. Chicago wheat seven lower at 568 and three quarters. Kansas City down 13 and three quarters at 632. December corn down seven and a half at 470. March also seven and a half lower. Soybeans January futures down two and three quarters cents at 1361 and a quarter. March down five at 1373 and three quarters. Soybean meal eight dollars sixty cents a ton higher at 439. Canola in Winnipeg down 80 cents. Live cattle, December futures, $2.37 lower at $178.95. February live cattle down $3.82 at $178.20. Feeder cattle, November futures down $5.17 at $2.32. December lean hogs, $0.52 cents higher. This is the Red River Farm Network.